systems that turn ocean water into drinking water for small marginalized rural communities in the 108 countries of the world that have direct ocean access. The water is distributed for free and the annual savings for the community goes towards empowering locals for their future. Now we do this while starting easy beach churches revolving mostly around reading the Bible together every day and eating a lot of food together. We would love for you to be involved, so I'd like you to email me at ryan.oceanwater at gmail.com because I'd like to send you a free copy of a book I wrote called Ride for Water, the story of the time I rode 100,000 miles through 10 countries and helped bring clean water to over 100,000 people. It's a fun read and it documents our beginnings here at Ocean Water. In the next 12 months, we will go to El Salvador, Indonesia and Bangladesh and we want you to be on one of those trips with us we'd love to have you come our objective is simple it's disciples making disciples who plant churches that plant churches now today we're looking at Exodus chapter 2 from our daily Bible reading plan let's read it together it says now a man of the tribe of Levi married a Levite woman and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. But when she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. Then she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. Then Pharaoh's daughter, went down to the Nile to bathe and her attendants were walking along the riverbank. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her female slaves to get it. She opened it. She saw the baby. He was crying and she felt sorry for him. She said, well, this is one of the Hebrew babies. Then his sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go out and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for me? Yes, go, she answered. So the girl went and got the baby's mother. Now Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this baby and nurse him for me and I will pay you. So the woman took the baby and nursed him. When the child grew older, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter and he became her son. She named him Moses saying, I drew him up out of the water. One day after Moses had grown up, he went out to where his own people were and watched them at their hard labor. He saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his own people. Looking this way and that, seeing no one, he killed the Egyptian and hit him in the sand. The next day, he went and saw the two Hebrews fighting. He asked the one in the wrong, why are you hitting your fellow Hebrew? And the man said, who made you ruler and judge over us. Are you thinking of killing me as you killed the Egyptian? Then Moses was afraid and thought, what I did must have become known. When Pharaoh heard of this, he tried to kill Moses. But Moses fled from Pharaoh and went to live in Midian, where he sat down by a well. 
Now a priest of Midian had seven daughters, and they came to draw water and fill the troughs to water their father's flock. Some shepherds came along and drove them away. But Moses got up and came to their rescue and watered their flock. When the girls returned to Ruel, their father, he asked them, Why have you returned so early today? They answered, An Egyptian rescued us from the shepherds. He even drew water for us and watered the flock. And where is he, Ruel? asked his daughters. Why did you leave him? invite him to have something to eat. So Moses agreed to stay with the man who gave his daughter Zipporah <coughs> to Moses in marriage. Zipporah gave birth to a son. Moses named him Gershom, saying, I have become a foreigner in a land. During that period, the king of Egypt died. The Israelites groaned in their slavery and cried out for help because their slavery went up to God. God heard their groaning <coughs> And he remembered his covenant with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. So God looked on the Israelites and was concerned about them. So let me give you some background. Exodus has been called the sequel to Genesis. In the book of Exodus, nothing is commenced, nothing is finished. Exodus actually means a way out. Now the key verse of the whole book says, I am the Lord thy God who brought you out of the land of Egypt out of the house of slavery, Exodus 20, verse 2. Now, Moses' life is divided into three parts, kind of three 40-year periods. The first is 40 years in Pharaoh's palace, then 40 years in the desert, then 40 years in the wilderness as the leader of Israel. Now, today, we're going to look at the very beginning of his life, the first 40 years. Verses 1 through 4, Moses was a Levite, both by father and mother. Now Jacob left Levi under the mark of disgrace, and yet soon after Moses appears, a descendant from him. This tribe began to distinguish from the rest by the birth of Moses, and afterwards it became remarkable in many other instances. So there's a newborn infant, now he's hidden. It seems to have been at just that time that there was a cruel law that was passed about murdering all of the ba newborn baby children. Now observe the beauty of God's direction. Just at the time when Pharaoh's cruelty rose to the height, a deliverer was born. Though he didn't appear for many years. You see, men have always predicted the ruin of the church, but God's always been preparing its salvation. Moses is a type of this. Now, God ordered that it being afterwards told of this, he might be come to the deliverance and bring his brothers out of Egypt. Now I want you to note that God sometimes gives his gifts and manifests himself in those that he designs to do great things. He put an early strength into Samson, an early strength in Samuel, an early strength in David, an early leadership in Timothy. Now we can often see the signs of our leadership early on in our lives. But faith needs encouragement. It needs favor. We need hints that God's actually working in our life. This is what he was doing with Moses. He was preparing Moses. He wanted Moses to fear him and not fear man. So God puts into his hearts these things to bring about his own purposes, that Moses might be the means to bring his people out of the land of Egypt. So he prepares Moses by making him a part of Pharaoh's court. 
Now, verses 5 through 10, he talks about um, that he'd been left there, that he'd been perished there. Then in a little time with hunger, if he'd not been sooner washed into the river, he might have been devoured by a crocodile. <laughs> now, God cares for us in our infancy to remind us that he's working for us later in our life. You see, Moses was surrounded by a lot of peril, but God also brought him out of much. God often raises up people even amongst their enemies. Now, Pharaoh was seeking Egypt's destruction, but God was preparing a deliverance. Now, Moses was provided with a, with a mom. Pharaoh's daughter became his mother. Now, God often looks out for us in raising people up to help us. This is what's happening here. Many who seem by their birth marked for poverty, God can raise up and prosper them and actually prepare them to help be his hands and feet in the world. Those whom God designs for great service, he often finds ways to qualify and prepare them for. Moses got his education in Pharaoh's court. He got his training in the best Egyptian schools. He learned how to serve and be a good employee under Pharaoh's care. He got his education there. These were all the early signs of something that God was going to prepare Pharaoh for. God was already laying the seeds of preparing Moses for what he was going to do in his life. Now the seeds of how God is going to use this is usually shown very early, but it's only in looking back that we can see with clarity what God was up to. Now Pharaoh's daughter called him Moses, drawn up out of the water. This signifies this in Egyptian language, very strong. He was drawn out. He was a leader. Now Moses had passed the first 40 years of his life in the court of Pharaoh. He was preparing himself for business, and now it's time for him to enter into action. And he boldly owns and begins to lead God's people, but he doesn't get off to a great start. Moses was grown when he went out to his brothers, and he looked at their burdens. This really bothered him. It said that he had a holy content contempt, I'm sorry, for the way that his people were being treated. So much so that he took a man's life. Now, this is really an interesting passage. Why was Moses so quick to short-circuit everything that God was beginning to do in his life? Was it good that he saw his brothers and sisters in bondage? Yes. Was it poor that he acted impetuously and struck out at a man and caused it to take his life? Yes, it is. Moses found himself under God's divine direction and impulse, but he rushed in and made some wrong moves. He killed an Egyptian man, one of the taskmasters, who he found abusing one of his fellow people man of the same tribe. Now this, this Egyptian was killed by Moses. Now Moses was only reprimanded really. So what's going on here? Well God's the ultimate judge. God always has all the facts. Justice will be distributed perfectly in heaven. On earth we have social justice. Sometimes we have no justice and sometimes we get justice right. But in heaven justice will be perfect. It's going to be so refreshing and God will be able to have justice perfectly because he has all of the facts. Now, 
later on this would come into play because Moses would experience God's grace and this would help him later on be gracious as a leader we find in verse 16 Moses gains a settlement in Midian the father of Jacob had gained one in Syria and again God was working through this situation events that would seem weird or accidental were actually designed by God in his wisdom and in his purpose to set media Moses up to be the leader that God wanted him to be Moses had some melancholy and some distress and was really confused but he rose up and he began to be the person that God wanted him to be now he loved justice and appearing in the defense of those that he saw injured which every man should do as it is in the power of his hand to do he loved to be doing good wherever God puts us we should desire and endeavor to be useful and when we cannot do the good we should be ready to do the good that we can and God is faithful when we're faithful in the little things God will help us be faithful over the big things now when the young women acquainted their father with the kindness that they had received from the stranger, he sent them to invite them to his house, and he made much of them. Now God will repay the kindness which we're shown any time that we show it to others. God will never lose our reward. Now Moses soon recommended himself and received the favor of this prince in Midian who took him into his house and in the process of this time married one of his daughters by whom he had a son, and he called him Gershom. He was a stranger there. Now, if God would ever give us a home, we should remember in the land that God has given it to us. Now, this was a settlement in Midian. It was designed by God to shelter him for the present moment, to do great things for him. God will often hide us in a place to prepare us for what he's gonna be doing for us. Just because you're hidden doesn't mean that you're forgotten. It was also designed to prepare him for the future. Uh, he gave him a manner of life in Midian where he kept the flock of his father-in-law. This prepared him to be a shepherd over a large group of people and to toughen him up to hardship and poverty that he might know how to lead in a desert situation. So those God intends to exalt, he first humbles to get complete devotion to him. Now, Egypt accomplished in him the role of being a scholar and a gentleman and a statesman and a soldier because those were the qualities he was going to need to lead God's people in a desert. Now, in verse 23, um, the murdering of the infants did not continue. This part of the suffering was only for a period. Um, it was connected with the birth of Moses and served to signalize it. Now, the Egyptians were content with their increase. They were finding that Egypt was enriched by their labor, so they might have had them for slaves. Now, they were intent to keep them working in the land, so much so that 70 people entered into the land of Egypt. Now, they had swelled to 2 million people by most scholars' um, study of this. And so, this created a problem. The people wanted out. And so, if ever there was a time when God wanted to deliver them, it was now. God had begun to hear their cry. And that's how we kind of see this chapter wrapping up. So we can see God preparing Moses early on. We can see him testing his leadership and developing him. And then he starts to 
see his moment of leadership that he's then going to begin to step into. We all have a moment in our life that we step into. It's been said that you get to pick the furniture in your house, but you don't get to pick your moment. This is certainly true of Moses. Now, was it hard looking after sheep in Midian? Yes. Um, but God was getting him ready to answer the afflictions that they were facing. Now, the preface to their deliverance at last, it says they cried, and they began to think of God under their troubles and to return to him from the idols that they had served. Now, they had worried, they had been exposed to all of this, and now they were finally ready to come and worship God after all of the slavery and the oppression that they had been experiencing. Now, it's a good sign that God is coming <laughs> with us and, he, and he's, that he's about to deliver us when we cry out to him. God heard, the name of God here uh, is different. It, it's with a, with a focus that God was ready to move and God was ready to act. God had heard their groaning. He made it appear that he took notice of their complaints. There's not a complaint in our life that God doesn't hear and want to help us with, but his timing is different than when we cry. We have to tr always trust God for his timing. So we can see God working in the life of Moses. We can see him preparing. Uh, we can see God getting ready to do things through Moses. And we're going to learn about this as we keep reading it into the rest of the book of Exodus. Now, God uh, was preparing him just like he's preparing us. Now, God looked upon the children of Israel. Moses looked upon them and he pitied them. But now God looked upon them and he helped them. God had respect for them, a favorable aspect towards them. The final repetition of the name of God here at the end of the chapter intimates that we're to expect something great when we cry out to God. Do you expect something great? I know I do. It's one of the reasons I pray. I believe that God's going to hear me and answer my prayers. God wants to show himself strong on Moses' behalf and strong on our behalf. Now this concludes our time today in Exodus chapter 2. Now every time we finish, I'd like to invite you to pray with us at the end. Would you pray with me right now? Would you just say, God, I ask that you help me to follow you today, that you'd help me to do your will for my life, that you would transform me into the person that you want me to become. I ask that you help me today, that you would forgive me of my sin, that you'd come into my heart, that you'd fill me with your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Now I wanna thank you, uh, our team of, of 15 people now that really helped run Ocean Water. On our website, we have a 38-page business plan and a market analysis of the 108 countries. We have a link of over 2,000 future sites that we're praying for. When I started Ocean Water, I knew that if we had a plan, we have a 38-page one, that if we had a great team, and that if we ran a transparent organization, that we would attract smart, generous and capable people and we are now there's never been a better time to give through ocean water we're doing our part would you do yours would you pray to god would you ask him uh, what to give and then would you give it amen have a beautiful week if you'd like more information about ocean water church how to join us on an upcoming trip how to be part of one of our clean water projects how to financially support our movement 
or even information on how you can start an ocean water church yourself, please look us up at oceanwater.com.